Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Glory to God. You know what's amazing is here we are this morning, 2018, April the 1st, and we're here because of one person. I said one person. You know, I've said this, said this for years in, in, in our ministry. I said, you know, Jesus, he never really built anything as far as a, a, a material structure is concerned. He didn't, he didn't write uh, or pen any type of a book. Uh, he left no monument to himself. Uh, he only lived 33 and a half years on the earth. His ministry only spanned three and a half years. But today... All around the world. As I got up this morning, I drove around the island and I was praying over every church I went by, praying over their service. And I saw Easter eggs all over one church's yard and, and uh, you know, all the people coming. And all of the world celebrates this man today. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now listen, it's either the biggest joke ever played on humanity or he really is the son of Almighty God. And I got good news. It's no joke. He is the Son of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord one more shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. We welcome you to Resurrection Sunday here at Island Church, which is every Sunday of the year. Amen. You say, I like coming on Resurrection Sunday, then just come every week. We celebrate Jesus every week. He shows up. I heard someone say one time, Oh, I wish Jesus were alive today. I thought to myself, He is alive today. He is living and He's in our midst. Amen. Somebody asked me one time, says, Well, you know, the Bible teaches that, that God is in heaven and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father seated. It says, You know, the Holy Ghost has come to the earth because of His work and abides in us, comes upon us. He says, but you talk about Jesus being with us. How is He here with us? He's here with us in the form of a message. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word of God. That's why every time you get into the Word of God, you're fellowshipping with Jesus. You know, I heard an heard a old preacher years ago say this, and man, it just stuck in my spirit. He said, you can have no greater relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ no greater fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ than you have with this book right here. If you fellowship in this book, if you have a relationship in this book, then you have fellowship and relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Now, something that I've really become aware of recently, and I truly believe, not only through experience, but my study of the Word of God, that when a move of God, what we, would ca what we would call revival, outpouring of the Spirit, you know, something beyond just, just uh, what we would call normal church begins to happen, begins to break out. One of the things that characterizes that is people being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, don't let that scare you. Let me just say this that might help you. Just in my meditation, my study, just in the past couple of weeks, I begin to, come, begin, to come, begin to become so spiritually aware 
of this, this phenomenon of being baptized in the Holy Ghost coupled with the new birth. The new birth being the Spirit of God coming into your life, into your spirit and abiding there. You're born again. You become what the Bible calls a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's a, it's, it's a literal miracle. It's actually the greatest miracle you'll ever receive. No matter what else you receive from God, financially, physically, the greatest miracle is being born again, being saved. The Spirit comes to abide. But you know, it was the book of Acts in which Jesus, Peter said it like this, he had received from the Father both the person and the power of the Holy Ghost. But then he poured it out on the church. The 120 in the upper room, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now what I became so, have become so spiritually aware of is this. That outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Now think about this. Was the reward to Jesus for the work that He had done on the cross. Now let me say that again. Some of you really need to hear that. It was the Father saying. You can imagine how the Father's heart must have felt when He saw His Son upon that cross. When He saw the sin of you and I upon Him. When He saw uh, uh, the sickness and disease of, of humanity. When His Son cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? You can imagine how that just broke the Father's heart. And for three days and three nights, the Father's heart was, was broken. And then, and then all of a sudden, here He comes through the pearly gates. He's got all those Old Testament saints. with. Here He comes through the pearly gates. Here He comes into heaven itself. Here He comes into the Holy of Holies. Here He takes His blood and pours it on the mercy seat. And the Father says, I've got a reward for you, son. You could imagine how glad the father's heart, how he looked around heaven for the most exquisite, the most precious, the most powerful gift. He could say, I'm going to give to you. You've earned this, son. I'm going to give it to you. What did he find? He found the Holy Ghost. He found the Spirit of Almighty God. And he said, Jesus, my son, I give it to you. And what is the nature of our father? What is the nature of Jesus? It's to give. And He gave the Holy Spirit. When we speak of the Holy Spirit, we speak of the person. When we speak of the Holy Ghost, we speak of His activity. And I've got good news, church. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. And in praying over this meeting, actually the Lord began to deal with me. We were, we were at a wedding yesterday. I was at the reception and, and, and something happened and the Lord, boom, dropped something in my spirit. And I'm like, Lord, I, you know, tomorrow's Easter and, and we need to kind of flow with the service. The Lord said, I thought you said the Holy Ghost was in charge. I said, oh, excuse me. Amen. And so because of the Spirit of God, there are things that are supernatural. There are nine gifts of the Spirit that have been deposited. They belong to the church. They don't belong to a minister. They don't belong to an to a, to a organization. They belong to the church. Amen. Three revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Three power gifts. Gifts of healing, working of miracles, special faith that is imparted. Three vocal gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And I feel a stirring in my... So I'm going to obey God. Is that okay? So I want to... 
I have a word of knowledge for somebody. Isn't that cool? And I have a specific individual. Isn't that cool? I want, where's, where's Kendall? Kendall, I want you to come here, buddy. Come here real quick. Hallelujah. And no, don't, don't clap. Just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Come stand right here, buddy. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God says, my anointing is upon you. My plan's unfolding before you. But your adversary is as zealous after you as ever before. Traps and plans and strategies have been set. But this day, you shall become aware and spiritually keen. And you will be promoted above your ability because you're like one of the Hebrew children, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. They will see something special about you. And there will be places and people and things that will be presented. Go here, be with this one, do that, and you'll know that's of God, that's not of God. That's of God, that's not of God. Don't eat the world's food. Don't play their game. Don't do that which they desire, but follow my path. You'll be amazed that in a few short months, people will look and say, how did he do that? How did he get there? Why is he involved in that? And you'll be able to say, it's the Lord's working. He's mighty in my life. And his goodness is upon me. And you will be able to understand and realize you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. For there is a harvest of those which are unreached, a harvest of those which are in such darkness that have no idea what you know, have no idea of the light that is on in the inside of you. But I will cause the light to become brighter and brighter in you as you go in, even to some dark places where there's dark people. But the light will overcome the darkness and they will know that they've been with someone who has eternal life, eternal light on the inside of them. And you will show them a path and show them a Savior that they will accept and receive and many will come to know God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Does that agree with your spirit? Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. Now lift your hands and thank God. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, how we worship you, Father. We worship. Now, listen, listen, listen. When a word like that goes forth, even though God may choose an individual, He will choose that individual to speak a message to a congregation. You say, what do you mean? If you say, oh man, I like that. I like that. I'd like to have that word for me. Then take it. I said, then take it. Say, that's my word too. Say, that's my word too. And begin to rejoice and thank God that that's your word too. Because God won't single out one and just say, well, this is only. No, He'll spread that among who anybody who has faith enough to reach up and take it. Everybody say, take it. Everybody say, take it. Everybody say, take it. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, get real still in your spirit just for a moment. Just for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if there's a stirring in your spirit and you feel you have a message in tongues, would you raise your hand and let me see? Let me see. I just want to see how, how many people God is stirring and moving in. Thank you, Lord. Several people. See, when that spirit moves like that, 
then we know. Then what I do, what is my responsibility, is to look and see where the unction is. That there'll be an unction there. So I'm going to ask Brother Ben Williams to give that out, if you will. Now listen, my church, and let your ears be attentive, for things are changing among you and in your midst. For there is an acceleration of my plan, an acceleration of my purpose, an acceleration of the harvest, an acceleration of the things of God coming into your midst. So be very keen and aware. Cast off any apathy or complacency that would hold you back. Shake off any unbelief and doubt that would keep my provision from your life. And press in like you never have before into the things of God, the Word, the Spirit, the church, the activity of the kingdom. For there's much rejoicing ahead and glorifying of the one who has redeemed you. There's much work to be done, but there's much strength that shall be imparted. So even this day, let joy come into the camp and let there be a ha-ha-ha in your spirit as you rejoice and thank God that you've been counted worthy to be here at this time, present with these people in the midst of this plan that's unfolding before you. For you are the people Now is the time. This is the place to begin to experience the fullness of what I desire for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I I like to say, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. How many receive that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, amen. Isn't God good? Praise God. If you would, turn to, the book of, turn to the book of Mark chapter 16. We'll start there. You know, I, I became aware of something also that I'm going to begin to rehearse to the church as we begin to teach the Word of God. You know, it's important to sit under anointed preaching. Let me say that again. It's important to sit under anointed preaching. And God will anoint the, the five-fold ministry, which we do our best to bring in here uh, some of the best, I believe some of the best preachers uh, in the world come and preach uh, from this pulpit. Amen. Both in-house and, and, and guests that come. Brother Egan Falk will be here Wednesday night. I invite everybody. Come in here, Brother Egan Falk. Let me just say something about his 40-something year ministry in Tanzania, Africa. If it was not for Egan Falk, Tanzania would be a Muslim nation. And because of Egan Falk and Jesus in him, Tanzania will never become a Muslim nation. They've raised up thousands of churches. They have a tremendous Bible school. They're raising up preachers almost literally every year and sending preachers in mass all over Africa and all over Tanzania. And because of that, that nation has changed. Amen. But you know, as much as we need anointed teaching and preaching, you need to have an anointed ear to hear. Amen. There needs to be an anointing on your ears to hear the Word of God. You know, Jesus said, be careful not only what you hear, but how you hear it. And so today, say this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, anoint my ears so that I may hear what the Word of God 
is saying. Let the good seed, the uncorruptible seed, let it be deposited deep in my spirit. Amen. Praise God. Now, Mark chapter 16, Jesus had risen from the dead. We taught on the cross on Friday night. If you want some teaching on the cross, I'll tell you, there was a great anointing on that, great anointing on that service. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, the best way to understand that or have an understanding of what that was all about is it was a substitutionary sacrifice. No man on earth was worthy or able to provide that sacrifice, so God Himself did it in the person of Jesus Christ, His Son. Amazing. His blood was not like our blood. He had the blood of His heavenly Father. He offered that blood upon the mercy seat. And in all of His suffering, He acclimated and acquired everything that was wrong with us. Every disease, every addiction, You name the problem of humanity that humanity had gotten into because of the fall of Adam, Jesus assumed that upon the cross. His suffering was beyond the suffering of any man. No man ever died a death like he died. No man ever died a death like that. Uh, Even in Isaiah it says uh, his visions or his body, it was so marred, he was so disfigured upon the cross that you could not even tell it was a human being hanging upon the cross. What love. What love the Father had for us to allow Himself to go through it. Because we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, three being one. So God knows what it's like to suffer. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. They know what it's like to hurt. They know what pain is because Jesus suffered that pain. Upon that cross, the earth shook violently. The sun refused to shine. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Bible says he gave up the ghost, breathed his last, and the veil of the temple was rent from the top to bottom. Where that Shekinah glory of God had been in the tabernacle, then in the temple that was the hope of Israel, it was torn in half top to bottom. A big angel just grabbed that thing and ripped it in half, and that Shekinah glory left the temple and went back to heaven. But thank God that glory is back on earth today and it's in each and every one of you that have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. That same life, that same power is on the inside of you. Then Jesus died and He went into the place of the damned, the region of the damned. And down there He suffered three days and three nights. And on the first day of the week, the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in you, it came into that region of the dam where there was so much darkness, light came. Where there was so much death, life came. And when Jesus was risen from the dead, we rose from the dead with Him. When He died on the cross, it was our death. When He rose from the dead, it was our life. Amen? Now, here in James chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 16, Verse 1, I'm going to read here a little bit. Is that okay? I'm going to read this story. It says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome, they brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said unto themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Now I'm going to tell you something. Those three, those three scriptures right there are so precious. These precious women, 
Here they come. They've, they, they've got the anointing spices. You know, you know, Israel got its way to bury from Egypt. Egypt knew how to mummify. Egypt had certain spices. They would wrap the body in a certain way so that the body would be preserved. Now, here comes these women. Now, these women had witnessed the cross. They had witnessed the crucifixion. They had saw him suffer. They had saw him die. They had saw his body uh, uh, taken down off the cross. They, they had seen him put into Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And then they saw the Roman government roll a great stone over that tomb and seal it. They poured uh, liquid wax, and as it dried, they took, a, they took a seal and sealed that around that seal, which meant if you touch this seal or break it, you've got to deal with all the power of Rome. Amen. And on the first day of the week, when everybody should have said, well, that's over with, yeah, you know, well, fun while it lasted. We had fun for three and a half years, but Jesus is gone. He's dead. It's over with. I guess we'll just go back to what we were doing. No, no. They were still desiring to serve Jesus. Amen? Some of y'all need to hear that. You say, what do you mean? Listen, church should not be just on Easter Sunday. Church should not just be, you know, once a week. It should be your lifestyle. I'm telling you, He's risen from the dead. He lives in your heart. You should be willing to serve God. These people, it looked like the revival was over. The move of God was over. But they were so just enthralled with Jesus and His love and His compassion. They were still serving Him. And then they were thinking about how to overcome an obstacle. You say, what do you mean? There was a big stone there and they were thinking about, how are we going to get this stone out of the way? You talk about servitude. That's somebody desiring to serve God. Look at verse 4. When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. Everybody say, He is risen. I like, I like the other next phrase too. He's not here. <laughs> He's not here. He's not in the grave. Glory to God. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way and tell the disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him, as he said. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first unto Mary Magdalene, of whom he cast seven devils. Whom he had cast out seven devils. And she went and told them told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believe not. Now notice this. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked. This is the, the, we know the story of the two men on the road to Emmaus that, that went into the country. And, when they, and, when, and they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they did. So now you've got... Two witnesses. Everybody say two witnesses. Actually three here. You've got the, the, the first ladies that went. You've got Mary of Magdalene. We know that in John chapter uh, 20, uh, uh, he appeared unto her. And then these guys on the road to Emmaus where Jesus appeared unto them and then disappeared. In the, three witnesses and they come into the disciples and they say, he's risen, he's risen. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the They're all excited. We've seen the Lord. And they're like, we don't believe it. <laughs> we don't believe it. Now notice this, afterward 
He appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. So he appeared unto the, to the disciples, they're eating, and notice this, he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now he appears, now you know, the movies, uh, Lee and I, when we, the one we watched last night, uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, I think that's, anyway, one of, one of the Easter movies we watched. Anyway, you know, they, they have these scenes where everybody's so holy and everybody's kind of, you know, everybody's kind of Catholic. <laughs> they got these shawls over their heads and all this kind of stuff, you know. And, and, and Peter's already looking like the Pope, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus, Jesus walks to the wall and everybody's like, whoo, you know, and all that. That's not what happened. These guys are eating and Jesus walks in and he's got fire in his eyes. And the Bible says he upbraided them. Now, you go study this word. That means he's angry, he's agitated, and he's wanting to get a point across. He walks up there and he says, what do you mean you don't believe? Well, they're believing now. He walked right through the wall. Amen. What do you did? Why didn't you believe Mary Magdalene? Why didn't you believe the guys on the road to me? Why didn't you believe? I told you over and over and over I was going to die and I would raise from the dead. So what he did, he gave them the cure for unbelief. How many want that? Do you really want it? How many want that? All right, here we go. Next scripture. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, let's think about what he didn't say. He didn't say, just come to church on Sunday morning. He didn't say, just come to church on Easter. He didn't say, just, you know, just uh, every once in a while when you get a little unction, feel a little unholy, go visit a church somewhere. No, he said to every believer, to every person, go into the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. Everybody say the good news. Now, the good news is, the good news isn't, you're going to hell. The good news is, you don't have to go to hell. And God wants every believer to understand we have a responsibility to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now our series that we're teaching on, I hadn't left our series, we're teaching on faith. Everybody say faith. So today I'm going to teach on faith to preach the gospel to your world. How I many have a world you live in? Have, 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 have people around you. You've got loved ones. You've got friends. It is time we as a church rise up and go to our world. Now, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, notice this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's very plain. There is a new birth. You'll never be good enough to go to heaven. You say, well, I really don't want to get born again. Then you'll die and go to hell. Come on, church. But if you get born again, then that iniquitous life of your first birth into the human family will be severed out of you and the righteous life of God will come into your spirit and you'll be a brand new creature and when you die, you will go to heaven. Oh, somebody ought to get excited about that. I I'm very surprised at the, at the kind of wishy-washy people. Well, I don't know. I'm not your judge. No, 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 no. Literally, Jesus said, listen, whoever sins you declare remitted, they are remitted. Whoever sins you declare retained, they are retained unto them. That literally means we have the right, every believer has the right to ask somebody, are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord? No, he's not. Would you like to get saved? No, I would not. Then your sins are retained. 
But if they say, yes, I would love to be born again. I would love to be saved. I would love Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Bless God. Your sins are remitted. Notice that's not the word forgiven. Jesus forgave sins on the earth, but when he died and poured the blood on the mercy seat, our sins were remitted, eradicated, removed from us as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. God doesn't know you until you get born again. And your day that you get born, that's your birthday. Amen. So everybody say, I'm a soul winner. Say, I'm a soul winner. Now notice verse 17. And these signs, thank God for signs. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Honey, there's some devils around here. There's gang devils, drug devils, perverse devils of all kinds. Listen, when we run up against devils, we should not patronize them. We should not pet them. We should not invite them. We should cast them out. Mm -mm -mm. They shall speak with new tongues. What does that mean? That means God's going to empower your spirit. Well, your peanut brain has been talking your whole life. Now your supernatural spirit on the inside... It's going to get hooked up to your tongue. And the Bible says you're going to begin to speak of the tongues of men and angels. And you'll be able to lift your hand and pray mysteries unto God. You'll be able to pray the devil won't even be able to understand what you're saying. And you'll literally be able to set the compass of your life. Because every day you lift your hands and go, Oh, I ought to get a better amen. They shall take up serpents. Well, we don't have any snakes around here. But you know what that means. That means the devil. Serpent gets in your way. Now in the natural, if you're, if, you're, if you're going somewhere and there's a serpent in the way, if you're in your car, you run it over. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? If you're not in your car, then you shoot it with a gun or kill it with a stick or do something. But you do something to get it out of your way. Thank God God has given the church power to get the devil out of the way. When the devil is trying to resist our building or resist our missions work or resist anything we do, we say in the name of Jesus, devil, we take you up, we get you out of the way. Come on, church. It says, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to sit around and drink strychnine and poison and say, look how spiritual we are. If you study this in the original Greek, this is talking about having to partake of a negative report. Drinking it. See, drink is having to take something on the inside. You sit in front of a doctor and get a report. You sit in front of a banker. You sit in front of a lawyer. You sit in front of a judge and you get a report. And that report is poison. That report is, is bitter. That report is, is wrong. All you have to understand is according to the Word of God that because that report came does not mean that you have to accept it. Even though you may have to sip it a little bit, you don't have to drink it. And that part of it that tried to get on the inside of you, it's not going to hurt you. Now notice this. It says, it says they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now notice this. So after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. God needs your feet. God needs your... That's why I believe that word, to kindle, was for everybody. For everybody. You say, why? Well, because everyone's going into dark places. Everyone has obstacles. There's always people that are trying to be a trap of the adversary. 
But the good news is God has supernatural power available to every believer that if you'll walk with God and talk with God and live for God, there'll be power in your life. And because of that, you'll be an overcomer in every area. Woo, come on. He went working with them, confirming the word. Why do you all preach the Bible so much? Confirming the word. Why are you always talking about the Bible, the Word of God? Wanting people to bring their Bible. Wanting people to bring notes, take notes. Wanting people to write things in. He confirms the Word with signs following. Now, with all that being said, you must understand, in order to live this lifestyle, you need power. Everybody say, I need power. You're not, you're not going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover without any power. You're not going to cast out devils without any power. I was privileged over, especially the early part of my life, to be around a lot of men that had a lot of power in the Spirit. So I watched their lives. And I watched how they operate. I watched what they stayed away from. I watched what they did. I watched all, because I wanted to walk in that same power. Now, if you will, go over to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to show you where your power's at. Anybody want to know? Anybody want to walk in it? Ephesians chapter 1, a powerful prayer that we all should be praying every day for ourselves. I've prayed this prayer tens of thousands of times over my life. I pray it literally almost every day. I pray it more, uh, probably uh, six, six, to, six to seven times a week I pray this prayer over myself and have been doing it for years. Now, I just want to pull one verse out of it. The prayer starts in verse 15 of chapter 1. But if I got into the, to the scriptures, the teacher side of me is going to want to talk about every scripture. So I'm just going to go to verse 19. Now notice. What is the exceeding greatness of His power? Now notice this. Not to the angels. Not to some organization. Not to some denomination. But to usward who believe. Let me try that again. What is the exceeding greatness of of His power to usward who believe, now notice this, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought or demonstrated in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. Now, listen to the Amplified. So you can know and understand what is the unmeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty power, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. Now, I saw this years ago in studying praying that prayer. Actually, that was a scripture that I saw. I was praying in a hotel room in Waikiki. I was waiting on Leah to get there. We had a, 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 a crusade scheduled. And, and I was waiting, uh, 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 fasting and praying, getting ready for this meeting. And I was meditating and praying that prayer. And I was up on like the fourth or fifth floor. I had the window open. Those beautiful trade winds would blow in the afternoon. And it was just, it's better. I think it's better than air conditioning myself. I, 
I'd rather feel the trades than air conditioning. So I'm laying up there and I'm praying in the spirit and I got my Bible open on the bed and I'm praying in the spirit and I begin to see a, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who do believe according to the work of mind power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Wrought, 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 wrought in Christ. Demonstrate. I know that's the word demonstrate. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost just deposited that in my spirit. And I begin to realize, thank God for the Gospels. In the Gospels, we see Jesus. Now listen, to this is very important that you get this. We see some incredible power. The woman with the issue of blood being healed. The ten lepers being healed. Blind Bartimaeus. The woman bent over in the temple. Uh, uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead. The woman at Nain having her son raised. But listen, that word, that was the best way to put that is that was a demonstration of the power of God. It was a demonstration. Because Jesus himself said, the works are not mine, the words are not mine, they're the Father's. So the Father was doing that through his son Jesus. Are you with me? And God wants us to know that, to see that, and observe that, but he does not want us to measure the power he has deposited on the inside of us through those events. You think, well, if only I had that kind of power in my, in my, in my coat where somebody touched my, my coat. They got it. You got more power. Yeah. See, that's the problem. You just don't know it. Oh, I wish I'd have the power to, for lepers to cry out and I'd just give them more. You've got more power. You say, how can you say that? Because literally, God said His demonstration toward usward who believe was not a woman being healed of an issue of blood, was not a leper being healed, was not blind us, but it was when He raised His Son from the dead. Yeah, listen, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, I saw that in that hotel room. I, I got up, I ran around the bed about three times. And then I thought, I'm going to jump out that window, praising God. Then I realized I was four stories up. And I stopped myself. I don't know what the people in the room next to me on this side. I was going, glory to God. I'd always thought it was the power that Jesus walked in when he was on the earth. But it wasn't. It's the power demonstrated... When Jesus himself, with the weight of all of the sin of the world, all of the iniquity of the world, all of the sickness of the world, the addiction of the world, the hate of the world, the prejudice, everything wrong with humanity had him weighted down in hell itself. And God said, I got to, I got to have some power. I got to have some power. This is bigger than a woman with an issue of blood. This is bigger than ten lepers. This is bigger than Lazarus. This is bigger than walking on the water. This is something bigger than that. I've got to have all the power of heaven. So he sent all the power of heaven through the person of the Holy Ghost into the region of Nathan and raised Jesus from the dead. And he walked out of that tomb. That seal was broken. Rome couldn't do nothing about it. No government could do anything. There's not a government on this earth. There's not a dictator on this earth. There's not a person on this earth that can take that power and do anything about it because God has released it into us word who believe. What's impossible? Nothing. Our problem is we don't walk in it. You say, why don't we walk? We don't know. We feel so powerless. We go by our feelings. Well, Pastor, I feel so weak. Well, who doesn't? I feel so helpless. Well, you are. But the greater one. Oh, come on. The greater one. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be unto God that causes me always, always, always 
to triumph in Christ Jesus. Thank God for healing power that healed a woman with the issue of blood. Thank God for, for, for power to, to, to multiply fish and loaves. Thank God for power to speak to the storm. But God says, that's not, you're selling it short. It's not, it's not a power, it's the power, the greatest power that has ever been released. When we, when we were in field ministry, we had a, a, a tape series called God's Atom Bomb. So I went and studied the Manhattan Project. You all know what the Manhattan Project was? It was a project in which they developed the atom bomb out in, in New Mexico or Nevada, somewhere around there. And they took that first bomb and they set it up on a high tower. Now they didn't know what was going to happen. You can read it. It's a fascinating it's a book. I think they made a movie out of it. They didn't know. One scientist thought it was going to cause a rip or a hole in the universe and everything was just going to like a vacuum, going to suck into it. It's going to be all over with. Another scientist thought it was going to be nothing. It ain't nothing going to happen. So they didn't know. And so they got in their bunker and they pushed that, that detonator and that thing went off. Kaboom. And it shook houses in Salt Lake City, Portland, Oregon. I mean, from thousands of miles away, they knew something had happened. Now, they put that thing on a stainless steel tower. A stainless steel tower. Now, they went out in the desert after that thing had blown up, everything said, and they looked for that tower. They couldn't find nothing. There was nothing there but glass. That power was so strong, it turned the sand of that desert into glass. And so they walk around, they can't find any of that stainless steel. So they surmised or theorized that that stainless steel had been boiled to a liquid and vaporized. It just evaporated. Boiled down to a liquid and evaporated. Now, thank God that we've had mercy and grace and there hadn't been some type of nuclear war on this planet. Because that stuff's nasty. But I want you to know, the Bible says, if the princes of this world would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know when they got all greedy and they saw your sin and they saw my sin, they said, look, there's sin, there's sin, there's sin. We've got him now. And they grabbed him and they took him down into the region of the dam, but they had a ticking time bomb. And one day ticked down, two days ticked down, down to 23 hours, 24, all of a sudden, kaboom! Amen. And your sin was boiled down to a liquid and a vaporized. And every bondage and everything in your life that's of the world, the flesh, and the devil was eradicated. Not so they'd be hanging around. No, you, won't, you can't find it if you look for it. It's gone in Jesus' name. That's why you need faith to believe it, faith to walk in it, faith to appropriate it, and faith to believe that it's yours. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Oh, how we glorify your name. How we exalt you in this house today. The same power, the same power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power, the same power. It lives in me. It lives in me. It lives in us. It lives in us. That resident power is so strong 
that if Jesus tarries His coming and we all go by the way of the grave and our physical body lies asleep in the grave for a hundred years, the decay process takes place, there's not much left, one day, with a shout of an archangel, your spirit man in heaven will come back down into that body and there'll be a complete regeneration. And the Bible says mortality will put on immortality and your body will be glorified. Wow, what a day that's going to be. Just like Jesus' body. Not a blood, not, not a flesh and blood and bone body, but a flesh and bone body full of the life and power of God surging through your veins. Our, our minds, I like what Pastor Osteen years ago, he said, it's like trying to communicate to a baby in a mother's womb, telling that baby, one day you'll have to stand on your feet. One day you'll have to walk. One day you'll have to feed yourself. That baby has no concept of that. It's in its mother's womb. It's safe. It's secure. It's the same way in the spirit. One day, that mortality will put on immortality. In the meantime, that same spirit lives in you. Amen. Father, thank you so much for today. How can we thank you for Jesus? Jesus, how can we thank you? What can we do but give you our lives? No consecrations, no commitments. Just give you our lives just like you gave us your life. We're in awe of you. We serve an awesome God beyond the explanation of the human mind, beyond the capacity of man to measure his love, mercy, and grace. We love you. We serve you. We give our lives to you. So we leave today as we always do, as is the tradition of our church. We thank you for our protection and safety. We thank you no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, your protection is upon us. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, in our jobs, in our businesses, our careers, Lord God, we thank you. We're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Because of that, Lord, we're safe in your arms. And all that we do, everywhere we go. Thank you for the door of utterance, Lord. Let us be bold. Let boldness come upon the church. Let the fire of evangelism burn in our hearts. Let us take what we've received even today out into our community, to the island, and to, the, to Bolivar, to Freeport, up into Houston, all over this area. And let us share the good news. Jesus is risen and he is Lord. Father, we love you. We walk in faith and love towards you today. Lord, we love each other. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We will see you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.